But like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing we could rely on to get us through the tough times we all face. We welcome you along on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and much, much more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Now let's get started. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to When Words Fail Music Speaks. Uh, my name is Blake. I am joined uh, by James today. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, that we have on the show. Uh, we're very excited to do this interview. Um, our next guest here is uh, Mr. Gene Hoagland. Uh, some of the many bands that he has been in, uh, Dark Angel, Death, Death Clock, uh, Devin Townsend, uh, Me- uh, Mechanism, Meldrum, Strapping Young Lad, Tenet, Testament, The Almighty Punch Drunk, uh, Zimmer's Hole. Uh, Gene uh, reunited with Testament in 2011 and played on their 10th studio album, Dark Roots of Earth, in 2012. Um, he had 14 days to com- uh, complete his additions to the record before flying to L.A. to record uh, Galacticon 2. And the day he finished that, he flew up to Canada and played shows with Zimmer's Hole. Uh, and then Gene contributed to the Slayer song uh, Chemical Warfare by holding Dave Lombardo's drum kit together because there was no carpet in the studio. <laughs> I've been in a a very similar situation. Um, So Gene made history by being the first extreme metal drummer to be featured on two top 15 albums in a three-month period. Uh, Testament's Dark Roots of the Earth debuted at number 12 on the Billboard uh, Billboard charts. Uh, Death Clock's Death Album 3 hit number 10 on the Billboard. And then Gene became an influence on Dave Lombardo's drumming and speed. Although Gene never gave him lessons, he he did give Dave tips on his double kick. But welcome, Mr. Gene Hoagland. Gene, thank you so much for being here today. Howdy, fellas. How are you guys? It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so I I found it amazing that I'm just going to come up right in and say, I know you don't remember me because you, you, you met 100 fans, a million fans, right? So I do have a picture of you and me together if because uh, I, I mentioned it in, in, our, in your Twitch channel. And that's right on. Yeah, so, I, uh, so do you mind if I show you? Show, show you our, our our picture together. All right. So let me do this and get rid of that. And bam, that's us. Oh, Molly boy, that was way back. I bet you. Let me take a look at this. That was that was like the Death Clock show. So I think it was two thousand five, maybe. Uh, probably two thousand seven. Seven, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I was a big man yeah. back then. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but you look fantastic now, man. I mean, I mean, the, uh, so uh, so how did you? Was it like like a diet that you stuck to, or yeah, a diet of straight cocaine and methamphetamine? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's my joke. No, I just I just um, you know, it, it 
when I was playing with Fear Factory, I'd gone to my doctor, and my doctor had mentioned to me, well, he, he admonished me. He was like, bro, let me tell you, next time you come in, if you do not get your, like, numbers together, you're going to have to start jabbing insulin, because I was diabetic. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm doing that. And so I came home, and I mentioned the 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 meeting to my wife and my wife, Laura, who's an uber health nut and, you know, has been her entire life. She's like, all right, dude, I've been patient with you for the last couple of years, eating double cheeseburgers all the time. Now your doctor's telling you this. Now tell you what, I'm going to put you on a plan and within, you know, just you're going to do everything I tell you to do. (laughs) And within three to six months, you're not going to have diabetes anymore. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be losing a whole bunch of weight. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm good for this because, A, I don't want to start jabbing. And B, I don't want to die. No, we don't want you to die. We want you to. Right. Yeah. I'm about 180 something pounds down now from nice. from about that area. You yeah. Know, I, I, I was probably about I was pushing 400 in that photo there. Right. Uh, probably 390 or something like that. And then mm. I ended up gaining another 20 pounds in Fear Factory. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> and then that's when it was like, okay, we're gonna do a direct U-turn on your lifestyle and so it's been awesome ever since yeah well it was a thrill for me to meet you back then because not only do you do you play in some of my uh very favorite bands of all time you gave us brownies that day so <laughs> oh, we yeah so we uh me, me and my friends dubbed them the the death clock brownies Oh, that's, that's awesome! Well, they were brown. Yeah, no man, they were good. <laughs> they were awesome. They were awesome. Yeah, so so thank you for that for that day. That was that was a very special day for me. Right on. Um, day. Very cool. So, I'm I'm going to ask you this because I because this is a once in a lifetime event. Um, this COVID uh, uh, virus, um, you know, just shut down everything last year. Uh, how did you cope with it, or are you still coping, or, or like where you are, is, is it all still shut down, or? Well, I live in San Diego, and it is still relatively shut down. You know, the mask mandate is in place, and I've got my mask at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at first, like, you know, we Testament was, we were on the tour when Co- we were on a, a tour when covid broke out it was ourselves and exodus and and death angel and a lot of people from the tour came home with covid and Mm. you know it it was it was a matter of you know there were shows just spot shows being canceled here and there and for instance like we got our our final show canceled and so it's pretty much all right everybody we're gonna head home wait this out see what happens we have no idea and a lot of the guys from all three bands, some of the crew, they 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 caught COVID on the road. And, um, you know, I got home. I didn't really know what to do. So I just put myself on quarantine for two weeks. I was like, I, I guess that's probably the best I can do just in case I'm walking around with it. And I, I am one of those people that... I happen to think I might have received, I might have gotten COVID back in December mm. of 2019 because I, I spent some time in China, about 500 miles from Wuhan. And mm. um, when I got back from, we were 
we were touring Testament had gone out to play. Uh, we were playing um, Kathmandu, Nepal, which entailed a, a few hour layover on the way in and on the way out from Nepal in uh, in China. And, you know, I went to the I went to the lounge and I <laughs> ate the buffet, the gorgeous buffet in, in the in the lounge there, the, in the you know, American Airlines lounge or whatever. And when I got home. I was slightly under the weather. I don't get sick anymore. I've only ever had the flu on years that end in seven. 1977, 1987, 1997, 2007. Uh, like three of those I was on tour for. And so I blew past 2017 not being sick. And I I, I am so, you know, healthy now that yeah. I, I just assume I'm never going to be sick ever again. I'm never going to have the flu ever again. Uh, but I did come back with something, you know, just I, I was feeling low for three or four days. And then another few days after that, it just kind of lingered. And I ended up infecting my entire family. And oh, no. So, uh, everybody got sick. And my brother-in-law, he had gone to Florida. And within a week his dad passed away Aww. and from a mystery unknown lung situation mm -hmm. and so you know we were just like wow you know we're, we were we were feeling really bad for my my, my brother-in-law um you know his dad was up there his dad was like 95 but uh you know we didn't we you know it's like wow mystery illness terrible uh then it wasn't until like say april of 2020 or maybe even may of 2020 where we just started kind of doing like a hey wait a minute like back in december you know i was a little sick i got everybody in the family flu-like symptoms you know like so what you know what what does that mean so even though i may have had it i may not have i've never had a test on it or anything uh, i still take every precaution for for all of that but the main thing that it did for obviously the entertainment industry is it, it created a, a, a cease, you know, instant sure. stop. Right. Nobody doing anything. And I will admit that is ball crushing for a working musician. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, that's where I, I you know, the, after, after I started feeling, well, I was already feeling okay. Uh, after I did my little two week quarantine, I was like, well, gosh, uh, you know, it was starting to, we hadn't quite had everything shut down on us yet. Like, all right, guys, there is no touring anymore. So I just thought, well, I guess probably the best thing I could do is head down to the studio as much as I can. My wife, Laura and I, we have our project together. We were doing a lot of jamming and I was just like, well, all you can do is just while you're biding your time is work on your chops, you know, keep your chops up. So in case it's like, Hey man, we all hit the road real soon. I don't have a month of like, Oh man, I really got to get my action back together. Right. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go whenever. Um, right. And that eventually kind of led to Twitch. You Twitch. Know? I mean, yeah. Doing my, yeah. Twitch, my Twitch uh, stream. And uh, like I've mentioned on the channel many times, Mr. Alex Bent and his lovely wife, Christina, they were very integral in me getting my Twitch stuff together. Mm -hmm. And they were so helpful and, and, you know, talked me through all the, all the little obstacles that you have. And 
you know, and that's where it was kind of like, well, since I have to come down and jam quite a bit, might as well, you know, open up the Twitch stream to a bunch of folks and let everybody just kind of be a fly on the wall. Like I, I, I bluff my way through every single stream and there's nothing planned. There's I, you could tell man. there's, there's nothing that <laughs> there's nothing I say that's ever planned really. It's all right. just stream of consciousness. And that's that corner up there is usually where I'm pointing at my brain. That's where my brain tends to head right. up there when I'm doing my Twitch stream. But, uh, but yeah, so it was just, I just thought, well, kind of a fun way just to kind of <laughs> most importantly, keep your chops up and, right who knows where this could lead so and it's been uh just an absolute joy to be doing it's so fun you know it's it's challenging work absolutely but it is. it's super fun made a bunch of great pals and stuff like that so yeah. so i'm stoked so well i will tell you that one of this the things that uh saved me throughout this time is watching your your twitch stream because I was like, oh geez hopefully on twitch i gotta watch this right <laughs> and so i remember that you told me on Twitch or 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 told the Atomic Club is is uh, what you call it the uh, I gave you a workout because I I requested the song the the Foo Fighter song My Hero and oh I remember that yeah yeah so you told me that that I gave you a real workout with the, with the foot with the with the pedals <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. I was like all right yeah so I had to record it and save it so I got it in my files you know so oh, so that's, that's cool yeah. But uh, but you do take um, take everything with ease because I found it fa like like fascinating that you uh, play any requests and, and you try your try your best or you do know it you know you just play play <laughs> you know to your best ability you know. Well, I'm happy to butcher for anybody you know <laughs> like if I don't know the song like who who cares man just have fun and just it you know that's why I'm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I will admit when I first started, it's like, I would come down and I put like, say five songs together that I'm going to play and right. I would rehearse those songs and I'd get them down. You have to play them perfect. You know, you, you, you just have to. And then well, we threw that out the window after about a month of ball crushing bag breakery there. I just, I'm like, shoot, man, just, you know, then. I, I don't even remember how the requests actually started, but I was like, okay, yeah, somebody somebody else's brain gets to be put to use in thinking up some songs because yeah. I'm I'm tapping myself out. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's like, hey, man, I'll I'll try anything, and you know, like I've said many times, I've got a few caveats. If it's some song that's like blistering grind with lots of breaks, it's just gonna have me like stopping and. <laughs> Yeah. figuring it out all that stuff it's like ooh, let's let's mm -hmm. keep the flow flowing everybody but i'll give anything a shot and i love it when somebody throws out some completely obscure non-metal you know just fun something and you know like some classic rock even or something because not too shabby playing the old classic rock there right so uh right. but yeah it's it's just it's a really good time and as you know james we like to you know we we like to do our best or I do try to promote a little bit of positivity. Yeah, you know, try to bring yeah. bring a little bright spot to folks. And I realize I'm, you know, I'm I'm as fallible a human being as anybody. You know, like there's some days when I start crabbing about something, and uh, afterwards I'm like, why the hell were you crabbing about that nonsensical whatever <laughs> you were crabbing about this band or this genre or whatever? I haven't brought that up this week. Like, 
You know, that's why I always tell everybody, never take I, anything I say seriously. If I'm <laughs> rapping about a band, or this band, your favorite band, but I happen to not, you know, understand what you might understand about this band. That's just me being a fan, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to argue for my points and stuff like that, right. but yeah. nobody take it seriously. So I, we just try to have a good time around there. So hopefully we, everybody does. And yeah. I'm cool there with you that. Go. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you started playing drums at age of 13, correct? The actual drum kit? Just about. Yeah. I'd gotten to noodle a little bit when I was 12 sort of thing. Okay. So, but I got my what first kit your... when I was 13. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, my first kit I did get when I was 13. Okay. What, uh, what, what brand was it? It was a Slingerland. Ooh. And as for the brand, I cannot remember exactly what it was, mm. but it was, it was a five piece kit mm. and it was giant. Like <laughs> it was like a 14, a 15, an 18 and a 26 oh, on the yes. kicks on the kick. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was chrome finish, and I was like, ooh, that's pretty darn sharp. And and we, uh, my folks bought it for me for like, God, I don't know, like 300 bucks off one of my sister's friends who was just getting rid of it. So I was like, cool, man, I got myself a kit. And yeah. I lived on that thing until I broke it all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so you you taught yourself how to play drums. Um, was, was there anything that you did like before that that got you interested? Was it... Did you do some uh, like air drumming or like pots and pans or anything like that? Or uh... I was absolutely an air drummer, big time. <laughs> I mean, I taught myself how to play drums by by air drumming, you know. Oh, and my. I was a you know bed and pillow pounder, yeah. and you know I've I've mentioned it on the on the stream and in many interviews. Like the the, the entire reason I'm an open handed player is merely where my record player was placed when I was being a little air drummer, being a little bed pounder, sure. my, you know, I would sit on, on this side of my bed with my legs hanging off and therefore my record player was right there. So I'm over on this side playing the bed kind of like this with my legs hanging down over here. And right. so if you notice in the top corner, top corner of your bed, it's high and tight. And then boom, 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 boom. And so it was like, okay, well, I guess, the middle part of my bed is going to be the the kind of bass drum sort of do do that do 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 that do do that kind of thing that was the whole reason why i'm a why i'm an open-handed drummer nice nice that's so fun yeah because i my my next question was going to be are you an open-handed drummer or like a cross-hand right um so do you find find it more easier i guess you would call it than than the cross drum because it's it seems to be like technically the open the open uh arm drummer would be more sufficient getting around the drum kit. Am I right? Well, I, uh, yes, we are. And that's what I think. Um, and the, the, the great thing about being an open-handed drummer is you don't have this going on. Yeah. You got this right. you know, kind of thing. And um, since I am open-handed and this is my lead hand, I tend to start I, I tend to throw my all my licks start for the most part, you know, let's say ninety five percent of them start with the left hand. So that means you got to do a little something to get down the tom, you know, sure. like so. For the first, God, I don't know, fifteen or twenty albums I put out, 
I didn't care about where the toms were or what I'm hitting. I mean, you could hear like toms that are not just going, they're like, hit them in time and it doesn't matter that you got to go down this way. And, you know, here's a bunch of toms, here's a bunch of toms, here's a bunch of toms. No, man, they're just throw out the hands and just see where they fall kind of thing. So, so there you go. But yeah, I think, I think so. And, And I think it's you, you're not constrained. You know, you got full power and here I don't even play like that all that often. I tend to do, you know, I'm I'm kind of a wrist right wrist right. kind of guy. I don't use a lot of arm when I play. Um but for those who do, you're not constrained by God damn, I really wanna yeah. use a lot of arm, but I got this and this. And especially got my hi hat is so low. It it's it like I feel bad for cross handed drummers are like yeah, I'm like, hey, bro, go sit on my kids, go try it out, and they, you yeah. know, and they're, they're like, like, oh no, <laughs> what the hell? How do you how do you play that thing down there? Yeah, I, I keep my hi hat just right, right next to me where I don't have to. I get to lay my arms down, you know. I don't have to go right. up yeah. for anything. They're just hanging out, they're hanging out, dangling. Cool, cool. It's all about comfort, you know. Especially if you've got a a long show ahead of you, you know, you want to be comfortable. Absolutely, and I am all about comfort, man. I've been 90% of my life getting comfortable. <laughs> that's, that's what it is all about. Um, so uh, you're known as the Atomic Clock and the Human Drum Machine. Uh, so where and when did you get those nicknames, or did you, like, or like, did you, like, give them to yourself? No, shit, no. <laughs> no I, human Drum Machine? I yeah. I don't, I have zero idea wherever that one came okay. from. I don't know who came up with that one but because i'm i am not a machine by any i'm i'm very human oh yeah yeah yeah. um but the atomic clock that was that was something that the heathen from from zimmer's hole he coined me that one time and just as kind of a little bit of fun it was on Strapping's Alien album, Ooh, yeah. where it was, I, I I listed myself as, you know, Gene Hoagland. I didn't say drums. I put the atomic clock. But then somebody, whoever was putting the layout of the album together, must have thought, oh, he forgot to put the word drums down. No, I was trying to put the atomic clock for the beat of the you know, just the pulse of the album. Yeah. That was, and so they put, you know, Gene Hoagland, the atomic clock drums. And that's where people just, you know, just people a, would uh, just whatever uh, drum interviews I was doing at the time, whatever interviews I was doing, that was the latest thing where they saw my name. So they're like, Oh, you're called the atomic clock. eh? And so <laughs> that's really where that, where it came from. And I don't think it's because I'm any, you know, tighter or anything. Anybody can play to a, to a click track i mean right. I'm, I'm pretty pretty solid with the click track but anybody can do that so it's like what in the world does atomic clock even mean well i like to think that it means you know i just like i will just keep running you cannot stop me you can't slow me down i'm committed to giving you the best drums possible so we'll figure it out from there kind of thing all right all right um oh so there, there there's one question that i've been meaning to ask you since i since i have you on here and i, and I can't ask you this right now um I find your your double bass bass uh, sound so amazing. Um, I just I I'm fi- I I find it curious how how did you 
uh, develop your 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 quickness of your feet that that like like that fast because I think because I think everybody uh, says atomic clock is is a time time machine or something and you are just on on the ball about timing so yeah. <laughs> well the atomic clock is like the world's clock right you know that but what we you know we all base our time on the atomic clock um however it's like developing the speed i that really came from from sitting down with dave lombardo the first time you know because his was the very first double bass kit that i think i'd ever played mm -hmm. and um like I've, I've mentioned it here and there many times it's like i had I had gone over to, to Tom's house. That's where they would rehearse. And a lot you see a lot of old rehearsal photos and, you know, them in, in like a garage type thing, which it was essentially Tom's parents' garage. And uh, they just built it into a little rehearsal studio and stuff like that. Um, and I came over there to catch a rehearsal at one point, And it was before they went in to record uh, Haunting the Chapel. And... Dave had a double bass set up now. And I was like, where'd you get this, man? You know, it's like, I remember that you played one show with double bass back in 1983. It was a play in a play. It, it was an outdoor show in a place called Pico Rivera. And um, you had double bass. And I didn't remember you playing a whole lot of it, but you had double bass going there, Dave. He's like, yeah, man, I've been trying to get it. I'm just, I'm just not getting it, man. I, I, you know, I know what the guys want me to be playing and I'm just, I'm not getting it. And so I was like, okay, well, shoot, man, let me, let me try some stuff out. And so, yeah. you know, since I had just uh, an aptitude for it, I guess, right. uh, you know, I sat behind his kit and I just started flying and I, you know, just hauling. And he was like, dude, my <laughs> word. Like I played your, when did you get a double? How long have you been playing double bass? I've been to your house. I played your kit. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, and I, I literally, I look at my watch and I'm like, what time is it? You know, I've been playing double bass for three minutes. I, this is it, dude. He's like, well, tell me what you're doing. Show me what you're doing. And I'm like, well, let me see. I'm concentrating really hard on my left foot. And you see, I'm trying to make sure. And he's like, yeah, my left foot, that's, that's the problem. I'm really slow with it. I can't get it to go like that. I can only get it to kind of do pep, 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 pep. And so I was like, well, let's just concentrate. So I sat there with him for a half hour. We worked out stuff. And he's like, dude, this is <laughs> this is better than a lesson, man. This is, you know, this is helping me out tons, man. Thank you for this. And so when they were tracking, uh, it wasn't that long before they went in to do uh, the, the chemical warfare thingy and, you know, haunting the chapel EP. And so I just, I just, I stood in the bathroom because the kit was right there, you know, while he's playing. <laughs> Right. While he's doing uh, haunting the chapel, and they only needed me for, for because he did chapter of sin, mm -hmm. didn't need a drum carpet. Um, chemical warfare he needed. The, I stood behind Dave. I air drummed chapter <laughs> of sin, stand behind him, tracking it. That's awesome. And I just think, I think back to all those days. I'm just like, how patient and polite these guys were like yeah. i am waving my arms right you full distraction i hit him in the back after one of his licks that he did because i didn't like that lick that he did he's, he's like, <laughs> you know, cool that. and so and so when it came to haunting the chapel which was 
a brutal double bass. It still is, you know. I, yeah. just, I sat in the in the you know, I shut the door to the bathroom and I just opened it up a crack and I got the lights off. Like, Dave, you're doing great. Concentrate on your left foot. Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay, make sure you hit it really hard. Make sure it's landing with your, you know, with your snare. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I got it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's pretty much how it went. Well, uh, well, I find it amazing that uh, that uh, you told us in your Twitch Twitch stream that uh, uh, you, like when you when you're in concert and playing a song, you can talk to somebody else right there and not then not face you at all. You know, with, with playing your drum kit. And so, yeah. I, so I just find it fantastic that you can do that. You can remember all the all the stuff you can with it with the song and just be talk, talking. You know, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> That must just come from muscle memory of, you know, because, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of live shows are absolutely muscle memory. You know, you've been playing this set for ever. A number of months. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like when it comes to a band like Testament, the set doesn't vary all that much. You know, we're we're pretty fortunate if we get three or four different tunes. You know, I mean, Testament has a lot of a lot of classics, a lot, a lot of good of ones. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it was absolutely understandable. So, uh, so I, I always appreciate it when it's like, no, we're going to do a song we've never tried before. And if it's a challenging song, you know, like a, like something off a new record or, 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 you know, like the fall of Cyple Dome or something, I'm like, yeah, bring those songs on. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah you know, there have been many a times I've had, you know, sometimes you have to have a conversation, you know, like yeah. talking with your, talking with Thumper or somebody, you know, my tech Jeff Bruce, you know, where we're, actually imparting information that needs to be known right here and now, you know, right, about right. here, you know, the technical aspect of something. We're trying to fix this over here. We know that you're not getting a monitor right now, but we're working on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll just keep working. And we'll, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It happens all the time. So we try not to just have frivolous conversations, but there are times when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's easy. Yeah. So, we know that your first band was uh, Dark Angel, uh, but we saw somewhere um, that you recorded a demo uh, called War God in 1985 right. um, for the band under the same name. So was was this your first band, or was this uh, like before Dark Angel, or is this just something that you recorded the demo and it's just kind of a one and done deal? Well, War God was the band that I eventually left to join Dark Angel. And um, actually, ironically, two or three years before before I was ever in Dark Angel, I was in a completely different Dark Angel that had nothing to do with the Dark Angel that I ended up joining. You know, it was like this kids from high school, you know, mm -hmm. and I joined their band. They were already called Dark Angel. And I remember I made them change their name because I thought Dark Angel was just a little little corny, you know? <laughs> and so a couple of years later, and you know, it wasn't all that long. I God, I remember we ended, the cops ended up breaking up our band. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't that long after that that I had seen, wow, you know, Dark Angel is starting to play concerts. And I was like, I guess those guys kept going. Now they're playing shows. I see them playing around all over the place. You know, I see the name in, in the local music papers. And so, yeah, that was just kind of kind of very coincidental, kind of ironic that a couple of years later, I'm in Dark Angel. But 
Uh, War God was a band that was put together by a couple of the Slayer crew guys. And uh, there was Blake Edwards, no relation to the movie director of the same name. But uh, but I remember Blake telling me, yeah, man, I, I could call any blockbuster or whatever video store. There wasn't a blockbuster. And I yeah. say, hello, my name is Blake Edwards. And I'd like a membership to your thing. And they'd be like, yes, sir. Come on down. Man. movies for life you know kind of thing and then uh the vocalist was named rob perkins and uh we all got together and and we're like hey man and we ended up uh grabbing michelle meldrum as our guitarist and i had already met michelle but i had no idea i was already friends with michelle I had no idea that Blake and Rob were reaching out to Michelle saying, Hey man, you know, you want to come jam in this band. And so that's, you know, that's how we started. We started off with a little four piece and I tracked, uh, you know, I, we tracked a little demo. Um, I was not in, it, this was in 1984 and I was by late 84, Michelle, when, when dark angel had come a knocking, um, Michelle had said, look, dude, you, you should go, you should join Dark Angel, you know, because I was like, no, I like our little band here, and we're going to get out and do stuff. She's like, well, Dark Angel, I think, has a lot of potential, and they have a lot of promise to them, and, you know, they're out gigging, and we're not going to be gigging for a number of months. Why don't you get out there and just do it? And she kind of kicked me out of the nest, and, and however, my first, pretty much my first year of being in Dark Angel... I remained in War God, um, just rehearsing with them, just helping them out until they found a new drummer. And their next drummer, the guy that ended up replacing me, was Lee Roush from Megadeth. And ironically, I replaced Lee Roush in Dark Angel. And then Lee, 10 months later, replaced me in War God. So uh, that was pretty fun. Nice, nice. But yeah, we did that little demo. And, and, you know, that was, I remember, I that was my very first song that I had ever written. There was a song called Day of Atonement, and I wrote everything on it, guitar, and it's a pretty horrible song. Wrote all the <laughs> lyrics, wrote all the vocals, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it was just super fun to do, and, and you know, uh, Michelle and I ended up being friends for, for life, you know, and when she passed in, in 2008, oh. that's when, you know, because I had, I had, I was helping out Meldrum a lot, yeah. you know, just filling in until they got a drummer and then, then you know everything happened that happened for for meldrum and you know that's that's we when we lost michelle we were just beginning to record an album and we didn't want to just drop that so we carried forward and finished the album as a tribute to michelle so so there you go cool cool um so we all love Wikipedia, right? Whether it's false news or or something. So on on Wikipedia, um, it, it has a list of all your bands that you've been in, every album, every you know, if you sang with this band or drum with this band. So, but the, but the, uh, the 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 name that came up the most was Devin Townsend, you know, from uh, Strapping Young Lad, DTP, Devin Townsend Project. And uh, so, um, could you tell me uh, your how, your your relationship with them, and how how did y'all meet the first time, and how did y'all kick it off to make amazing music? 
we we met in in LA on February 26th, I believe, uh, 1996. And it was at an Iron Maiden Fear Factory concert back in, you know, Fear Factory was on their demanufacture tour, I believe. And uh, Iron Maiden was with Blaze Bailey at the time. So they played this relatively tiny club in Los Angeles called The Palace. It's a well-known club. You've seen it in a lot of movies and stuff, but it is no, you know, arena for Iron Maiden. Right, yeah. (laughs) You know, and... uh, we had a mutual friend, a guy that I had gone to school with, a guy by the name of Craig McDonald. And Craig was always calling me, saying, dude, you got to come hang out with me and my friend Devin, man. You're like, you, you you love this guy, man. I just watched him do a, a, a guitar clinic over at uh, Musicians Institute of Technology there. And it was hilarious, man. It was great. You guys would totally get along. I'm like, okay, well, at some point, let's get together. I already love Devin from that, that Steve Vai video uh, for... Uh, off the sex and religion record what was the song uh down deep into the pain i don't know if you guys are familiar with that video but you know it's first of all it's a pretty ripping song from steve vi you know and when it comes to a vocalist for steve vi you're kind of expecting sort of a a paisley shirt wearing robert plant (laughs) big long flowing hair on the guy kind of thing and the video is just comes out and starts kicking you right in the face. They're on this beach. There's fucking flames all over the place. And then just from the drum kit, like right to the camera comes this effing Cenobite looking guy. You know, he's got the crazy goggles on and heads bald. And he's, he's got a tribal tattoo on top of his head. And he's, he's, he's wearing like, you know, just PVC leather kind of stuff. I'm like, Whoa, Wait a minute, check this guy out. This guy's awesome. And I watched Headbangers Ball for three months straight just to see the top of Devin's head and hear this kick-ass song as well. I'm like, this guy has an amazing voice. This is so much more aggressive than you ever imagined Steve Vai to be. He's got Terry Bozio on drums. That's cool with me. And it was a kick-ass, super kick-ass song. So I already knew Devin. And so when, when my buddy Craig had said, Hey man, are you going to see Maiden and Fear Factory? And I was like, I don't think so. He's like, well, cause my, cause my friend Dev is going to be down there. Why don't you come to the show and you know, I'll introduce you guys. And sure enough, we met and I was really, really drunk <laughs> back when I drank. And so I vaguely remember I was there with my buddy, the satanic Hispanic Ray Sanchez and Ray was there the whole time during the entire conversation. And I ended up getting a call from Dev the next day saying, all right, Gmail, tonight's meeting you last night. And uh, we have a, we have a rehearsal set up for next Tuesday at that studio that you were telling me about. Cool. Uh, you know, you got an address for that and I'll, I'll see you on Tuesday. And I was like, okay. As soon as we got off the phone, I called up the satanic Hispanic. I was like, did we meet Dev last night? He's like, yes. I was like, did we set up a, a rehearsal? Yes, you did. (laughs) Like it's it's for next Tuesday. I'm like, okay, well, shoot if I remember. And so uh, (laughs) Devin and I got together and jammed the next the next week, and and that was one of uh, you know that was the beginning of a pretty darn super awesome, fun, and amazing relationship there, man. Absolutely. Yeah, because. I love Devin's music because it shows it shows his range of music to be like on par with like I don't know who is like, who is the umpire because 
two of my favorite songs are Kingdom, which just is pure raw power. And then my other song is um, Hyperdrive, which is kind of like a mellow, easy, layback song. So he's got a really good um, range of music, you know. So the guy didn't do anything, I, I, you know, I think. Absolutely, man. And it was, you know, that's what was so exciting about working with Dev is just working with somebody who had so many parameters of what they can do and are willing to do. And when we first got together, I mean, Devin, he had no filter. And that was awesome. You know, he was a right. 20-year-old kid, a fresh-faced kid that was just like, and that was so much fun, you know? Like, we wrote, oh, my God, in the first rehearsal that we had. We only rehearsed for two hours. We had a two-hour block, and what did we do? We had just kind of, we had rolled over a few of the songs from, from Heavy is a Really Heavy Thing, and Devin's like, dude, sounds killer. Tell you what, play this kind of beat. You know, come up with an intro beat, and then lead it into a thrash beat and then do a blast thing and then do this and do that. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. And he's like, I'll just riff over the top of it. And Devin's bouncing off the walls, like literally physically, like <laughs> taking his leg and kicking off that wall, kicking off that wall, come back over here, kicking off that wall. Well, while we're writing, Oh my God. And, and <laughs> I was, that just brought such a breath of fresh air to me. It's like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. This next level project, this next, you know, this this type of extremity that, you know, I can't imagine anybody else trying right now, you know? Right. And, yeah, I admit I was not familiar with Fear Factory whatsoever at that time. So, you know, I'm just like, deaf you guys, man. We're just strapping. It's yeah. cool as all anything. So yeah. I loved making City. I, I loved working with Dev. And then when it started branching off into a lot of his solo stuff i was all about that too you know it's like mm -hmm. the first devin's the first solo album of devs that i did was was infinity and i loved just about every song on that and just it was it was super fun and super neat you know i just it was it was a really good time and we were making really magical music for me you know right. and I, I, i'm not i don't care how other people react to this I love this, so I'm I'm in. Right. Yeah. So you're endorsed by the best of the best companies for sure. Um, as a drummer, I'm I'm looking at the list of your endorsements, and it's like blowing my mind. So you got Pearl Drums, you got Sabian Cymbals, Promark Sticks, and Evans Heads. Uh, do you get approached by really off the wall companies that are like, hey, we've got this really unique product we would love to endorse you like uh, for instance uh are, are you familiar familiar with the brand uh booty shakers uh that is effing hilarious <laughs> i'm like well there's this one company called booty shakers yeah <laughs> oh yeah i was because i was gonna say i get approached by you know, most drum companies are like, hey, man, we know you're a Pearl guy, Symbols. Right. We know you're who you're with. You know, we, we, we respect who you're all with. Mm. But there's the, like, the accessories, mm. you know, kind of things. A lot of companies hit me up, and Booty Shakers was one of them, you know. Yes. I think they're a San Diego-based company, I believe. Oh, um, cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Rick, Rick Stojak, he was, uh, he, he brought them to me, and you know, he's like, these guys would, you know, I was talking to these guys and they'd like to chat with you. I get a lot of 
accessories and stuff like that offered and stuff like that. And some of them are sometimes pretty cool. So they, yeah, I'll, right. I'll try your stuff out. Absolutely. Right. Um, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. I've, I've come across, you know, on, on Instagram or Twitter or something, you get a follow by this odd company or whatever. And they're, I'm sure it's just an algorithm thing. They're looking at your hashtags. They're looking at what you liked, things like that. But I came across booty shakers. I came across a company one time that, uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but, uh, they were, there were things to help your tension rods stay in tune or, uh, to help your drum stay in tune. And they looked like fish and uh for the life of me i cannot remember what the company was called but they're just they look like little swedish fish or something that you put on the tension rods that holds them in place yes so like but they look like swedish fish same concept that's fun isn't it fun (laughs) and it's like the i think the drummer for katie perry was one of their biggest uh artists that, that they work with so you know anytime I see like a, a live video of Katy Perry playing or something. I'm always like trying to look through Checking the, that snare. <laughs> I, I just want, I just want to see the fish. Let me see the Swedish fish real quick. So. That's pretty fun. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. It happens. We get, we get asked, you know, offered up stuffs all the time, man. Absolutely. That's fun. Right. So we do have three more questions and then we'll let you go. Um, uh, uh, so, on, on Wikipedia, again, a <laughs> good old Wikipedia, right? <laughs> so um, it says that you've done six main projects, including Dark Angel, Death, Sharpie Young, Young Lad, Testament, Death Clock, and Fear Factory. But it also says that you've done seven side projects, including Phantasm, Tenet, Pitch Black Forest, Zimmer's Hole, Meldrum, Forbidden, and Viking. Um, could you explain the difference between what what it means when when they said side projects and main projects? Because um, according uh, to Wikipedia, um, shows you how much about my own Wikipedia page I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all projects to me. Okay, okay, so Dark yeah. was a band. Strapping sort of evolved into a band. Um, let me see, Death. No, nah, it was you know that was you know I mean Chuck ran Death. You know, I, I think I think I guess maybe the difference would be maybe, uh, and I rarely get into the business aspect or anything, but perhaps right. that with the uh, you know signing a contract with a band that you are going to be exclusive kind of thing, and then if you are exclusive, perhaps you participate in certain avenues of profit sharing and stuff like that maybe like you know hey if you're in our band at the end of the tour when we have this much merch money you know we'll carve you off a piece that kind of thing maybe but uh yeah man i'm 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 not really sure how all of that works but uh i just i i play with bands that i have fun playing with and playing for um but i do play for you know, most bands that I'm playing with, I'm playing for, you know, and right, right. the thing that keeps me there is the fun, you know, yes. I have a career where I'll, I'll always find a way to make money currently in this, you know, this yeah. pandemic world that's yeah. a little more challenging, but sure. I've still found a way to, you know, keep my head afloat and all that. I'm not, I'm not hemorrhaging as badly as, as, other folks are, you know, I get that, but I'm an underground thrash metal drummer. The fact that I'm 
able to make a living at this is mind boggling to me because yeah. when I was growing up, I'm like, this is underground thrash metal. You know, the, the, the world was, oh, heavy metal is Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and Whitesnake and, you know, Quiet Riot and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, that that's not that. that ain't, first of all, that ain't heavy metal. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and, and two, that's... That is rock star music, MTV music. I'm playing underground brutality here. There ain't no money in this, you know? And and just the fact I've been able to stay afloat and do what I do for all these years, I'm I'm nobody's more baffled and surprised than I am, you know? So I guess I've gotten to the point now where that I guess that is one thing that that I concentrated on when I was when I was a younger dude. I was like just keep at this never disappear just keep moving and this project and that project and play with these guys i just love playing a lot of i just love playing with a lot of different musicians you know back there in the day but it was it i, I was always like it is going to lead to something you yes. know and yeah sure enough it did you know like hey man you get to get tied in with a cartoon death metal band you know that, that's <laughs> you know that was pretty cool yeah you know, you get to go off and do, you know, a, a week stint on the Seth Meyers show and, you know, being on an Eric Andre episode and that kind of yeah. thing. It's going to lead to some pretty fun stuff if you just stay motivated, stay mm -hmm. focused, and don't let the sacrifices that you have to make, don't let those, you know, beat you down. There's obviously sacrifices, you know, and... and yeah but I never really considered them to be sacrifices. I just always considered them to be a character building process, you know, like, Hey man, you're out here in this effing foreign country. You do not know a soul and you're living in your truck for a month because you got nowhere to go, but you're jamming with these guys and they unfortunately can't put you up, you know? So right. well, I'll live in my truck for a month and I'll deal with that mm. big deal. You know, like, you get to play kick-ass music and really, you know, your your yeah. heart and your soul gets to be real, you know, real exploding with all that sure. sort of thing. So, you know, that they were just character building processes, being broke or anything like that. It's just just because you don't have a lot of cash in your wallet doesn't mean your soul's broke. Exactly. You know, my soul's yeah. enriched all the time, you know. So I'm very, very, very fortunate. I'm the absolute poster child for living one's dream you know I've, I've gotten to live my dream and and since i i set out on this path when i was 11 years old so it's been 42 years that i've been able to live my dream and some of yeah. those you know it was like that for a while but now it's so i'm in a very fortunate position and i try not to take take it for granted cool sure. cool uh, so me and James, like we're we're big advocates and believers in the fact that uh, music is healing. Music can kind of pull you out of those dark places. Uh, we both kind of uh, struggle with um, some uh, depression, and uh, so music's a big uh, factor for uh, kind of getting us out of those moods. I, right? I agree. Um, do you have anything that's like you're if you're feeling down, if you're feeling anything that uh, if you're just bummed out? you know, crappy day, what have you. Uh, is there anything that's like your go-to? Like, I, I just, this is what I need to listen to to pull me out of this funk. 
the screams of children. Yes. <laughs> and he fun. And, the, <laughs> and the tears I did cry with. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I God. You know what? Uh, I tell you one thing. Like I'll just go with an example of the latest piece of music that brings me so much joy. And I even played it on the Twitch stream last week. My drum tech thumper sent me a mashup of. Unchained by Van Halen, mashed up with Stevie Wonder's Uptight. And oh, okay. Yeah, that's that awesome. That little mashup, I cannot even begin to tell you how much... I've listened to that thing 10 times a day, <laughs> and that just brings me so much joy, and there's so much music out there that yeah. that does bring you joy. And if you're... If, you know, that, the music being the great unifier... You know that right. it is. I mean, music, the universe, universal language, you know, it's like you could be over here. You could be over here. Neither of you speak the same language, but you like that band that speaks the yes. language to both of you. Yes. Holy right. moly. How magical is that? You know, right. and that is that's why my main interest my whole life has been music. You know, that's that brings you that brings you down from the depths and you know sometimes it'll it'll put you down in there if, if you're requiring that <laughs> yeah you know, right like yeah, yeah. Sad song or this sad artist that you know is known for you know it's gonna be a bummer trip for the next 45 minutes yeah. listening to this record but sometimes you got to do it and then you get down to the lows and you pull yourself out by cranking on some van wonder you know if <laughs> you wonder thing and you, you get to climb out of out of whatever funk you might be in and yeah. that's why music is I, I know there are other elements of universal languages but music is the most obvious and the most magical of, oh, of sure. all mediums for for you know altering one's state of being you know like right absolutely how awesome is that you know yeah, yeah. cool cool well uh mr gene uh hoagland uh we do really really thank you and appreciate you for taking the time out today to to uh to uh come out come on our show i know that we've been talking for a year and a half trying to get you on so i really do appreciate this and it's been an oh, absolute honor to like to talk to Absolutely. you so yeah cool yeah man i was happy to do it and like we you know we had a little bit of back and forth there yeah. and, and you know I'm, I'm 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 glad that that we're able to do it you know absolutely yeah. you know i do believe that you know let's 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 hook a brother up let's help a brother out you know like, yes, let's, thank you. you know i fuck you know i i like doing that you know i wish yeah. i had somebody like that in my life when i was growing up like hey man can you make things a little bit easier on me it's like yeah, but we're not gonna, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? You you're absolutely right because um there are some PR guys that that I just can't get through. You know, I mean, you know, because I'm because I'm like we got these many downloads, okay, right? You know, and they won't they won't budge until we get these many downloads. I'm like, come on, man. Indeed. You know? And you know, it's gosh, why? Let's help you start getting those numbers. You right. Know, that's yeah. It's very that's easy. Number. I mean. It's, Hoagland sitting on his butt, flapping his gums. Boy, that's challenging to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty darn way to do it. So. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, um, if uh, you need to go, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're more than welcome to, but um, I don't know if you got my last email. 
um, about. Uh, New yeah, I did. I did. Sorry, I didn't get you. Yeah, but I know you were saying, you know, do a little chatting. Absolutely, man. Right. Yeah. I'll, um. But the but the email before that I I sent was um if uh if if you wouldn't mind you could do it you could do like a little testimonial thing. Yeah. Like um yeah, yeah. how it was on your show and stuff. So. I'm gonna drop off him and me, and then uh, we just need like like 45 seconds, you know, how 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 it was on our show, how you did like it, and stuff like that. Oh, go cool. All right, all right. So let me take us off, and then you can go whenever ready. I'm still recording, so uh, yeah. Hold on, let me get this off you. Hey everybody, I'm Gene Hoagland, and I just want to tell you a little bit about my experience with the Win Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. I had a great time chatting with Blake and James. Both gentlemen are, you know, obviously big musical fans, and you know, we hope you enjoy our little chat. I had a great time, and talking to both these these guys was a really fun time, and. Both guys are very knowledgeable on music, and you can tell they are definitely into it. So, hell, I'll tell you, if there's any other artists out there, I'll tell you from my point of view, man, I had a great time doing it, man. Let's help this help this team of music fans. I'm all down for help them reach the market that they'd like to reach and have that audience that they want to have. I'm all for it, absolutely. So I hope you guys had dug whatever we were chatting about, and, you know, Everybody come on over, man. Have a chat with James. Have a chat with Blake. And when words fail, music speaks. Everybody enjoy it, man. Hell yeah, man. See ya. Cool. Thank you. Uh, can, um, can you say hi? This is Gene Hoagland one more time because I didn't get that. Okay. Right, hold on just a minute. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Gene Hoagland. Perfect, man. I just yeah, didn't... Then because because I had the I, I had all the extra stuff on you so it's it, it's a fantastic honor to talk to you so thank you yes. once again. Oh, right. yeah. well, hey man, it's always a pleasure seeing you in the in the stream there, brother. And yeah. Best yeah. luck to you guys, man. Absolutely. Cool. I, I, yeah. I hope you guys you. have a you know definitely everything starts building and growing and we'll help you out however we can. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. And I'll see you on on your next Twitch. You know. All right, brother. Cool, man. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.